Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire. Russell D. Moore, President of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which is the public policy arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, recently wrote in a blog post, quote, It is not inconsistent for a church to accept divorced and remarried members with, quote, mercy and grace, but require homosexuals to leave their gay lifestyle before joining the congregation. I ask, why is that not inconsistent? Why is it wrong to continue in a homosexual relationship, but not wrong to continue in an adulterous relationship? Vineyard Church of Ann Arbor, Pastor Ken Wilson could see the inconsistency, so he took the consistent but wrong position. Here's his justification for accepting gay marriages in his congregation. I have proposed a path for these pastors that allows them to embrace people who are gay, lesbian, and transgender and to accept them fully, welcome and wanted, into the company of Jesus. I wrote a letter to my congregation when I realized my views had changed and I needed to communicate the intense theological, biblical, pastoral, and spiritual process that I had been through to get to this new place. It began with a burr beneath the saddle of my conscience. Why was I willing to let so many divorced and remarried couples know that they are welcome and wanted while refusing that same welcome to gay and lesbian couples? How could I say to the remarried couples, whose second marriage was clearly condemned by the plain meaning of Scripture, you are welcome and wanted, while saying to the two mothers, that would be lesbians, raising their adopted child together, I love you, but I hate your sin. But Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. That would mean every time a man sleeps with that second wife, he commits adultery. How can a man repent of adultery while planning to continue in such? That's not repenting, that's just reporting. Mark six seventeen and 18 reads, For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. This passage is talking about a situation that occurred during Old Testament times, but still illustrates what is required if a couple finds themselves in an adulterous marriage. The text doesn't just say, It was not lawful for you to marry her. Instead it says, It is not lawful for thee to have her. Matthew 14, verse 4. If it is not lawful for thee to have something... Don't you have to give that something up? Back to the Southern Baptist Church. Just why have they changed over the last several decades and are now accepting adulterous marriages? I think this quote from Anthony Dunavant in the Orange County, California Register sums up the reason well. Quote, Some conservative groups believe that divorced people who marry another spouse are living in sin. However, The number of divorces in the United States has led most denominations away from that teaching. So the scriptures never justified such a compromise on divorce and remarriage. Instead, it was the increase in the number of divorces in our land which caused the Southern Baptists to cave in. If you have a Bible question or comment, 
Call us at 877-655-6755. We're glad you're listening tonight. This is Patrick Donahue. Again, if you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are over. open. 877-655-6755. When it comes to divorce and remarriage, just like anything else... I'm going to remind you that we have to obey God in this matter. Remember Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, talking about Jesus. It says that he became the author or the source of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. So the only ones who are going to receive eternal salvation are those that obey Jesus. Now, last week we were talking about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12, and it reads this way, that passage. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be condemned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let's talk about this phrase, God shall send them strong delusion. Matthew 15, verse 14 says, Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And so, a lot of times, we fall into a delusion because we listen to false teachers. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in condemnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, I doubt this verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 10-12, is saying that God sends a false delusion directly, but instead he allows false teacher to have sway. God is not going to guarantee that one who is not a true seeker is going to find the truth. And that's how we end up believing and following a strong delusion. Chris, your own Bible answer. You're on Bible Crossfire. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is, um, <clears throat> uh, if a person uh, in prison, you know, doing, you know, 50 years, life sentence, whatever, uh, if they find Christ and they want to get baptized and there is no baptism in prison, um, are they still not saved? Well, let me ask you, Chris, you you believe the Bible is the Word of God, right? Yes. And so we should use the Bible to find out the answer to any question, right? Yes. All right. So I'm going to quote the first part of Mark 16, 16. Well, I'll just quote the whole verse to you. You tell me. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. How does that verse, what does that verse tell you the answer to your question is? Um, okay, if a person believes and baptized, they're saved. Right, that's what it and, says. Okay, and the other part is if they, what was the other part of that verse? He that believeth not shall be condemned. Okay. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Okay. Well, the question is about someone 
that believes but is unable to get baptized because they're in prison doing, you know, a 50-year life sentence or whatever. Uh-huh. Are, the question is, are they not saved because they're unable to get baptized due yeah. to the fact so, that they're in prison? So in Mark sixteen sixteen, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized mm-hmm. shall be saved. So right. what would a person have to do to be saved according to Jesus is what I'm asking. They would have to be baptized. Yeah. So a person that's not baptized is not going to be saved, right? I mean, they want to get they want to be baptized, but they're in prison. Yes. I'll There's get to no that in a minute. In okay. I'll get to that I'll get to that in a minute, but just tell me what happens to a person that does not get baptized according to Jesus Christ? Um, he that he says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mm-hmm. What 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 about a person who believes and is not baptized? Are you going to be saved according to that verse or not? Um, they're unable to be baptized. I mean, what can they what can they do? They can't do no but. The only choice they okay. have is to not be saved. Well, let me get let me finish up. I I, I probably spent too long on that. Chris, I actually go into the prisons and teach regularly and they not only allow people to be baptized that they will baptize them they encourage it so if oh. a person wants to be baptized anybody oh. in the prison that wants to be baptized they will baptize them oh okay all right that's all okay okay so right. i mean that and, my question. yeah but the, the the real question though is is what does Mark sixteen sixteen teach? It says, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." Yes, and that's is that now, Chris, and baptized with the Holy Spirit or baptized with water? That's talking about the Great Commission baptism is water baptism. We know that because the other account of the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight, Jesus tells his disciples to go out, and they're the ones to do the baptizing, which only okay. Jesus could baptize with the Holy Spirit. So this baptism of the Great Commission is water baptism. Now, Chris, let me ask you again. When Jesus says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, does that teach that a person has to be baptized or not? Uh, Sounds like it does. Yeah, it does to me, too, and we all just accept what Jesus says. Now, that's a very good question about the prison, but let me assure you, Chris, people in prison can be baptized, and whether we're in prison or not, we have to believe and be baptized to be saved. That's what Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen. Dave from California, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hello, sir. Um, yeah, I I have followed John MacArthur most of my life. I have his study Bible, and I've read a lot of things out of there. But I was wondering, with what you were just mentioning to the gentleman in front of me um, about the prison and baptism, uh, could you repeat that scripture that you quoted him in Mark sixteen sixteen? Yeah. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. That's Correct. Mark sixteen okay. sixteen. Now, there's two parts to that response. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. But it doesn't say in the second part, he that doesn't believeth and is not baptized shall not be saved. It just says, he that does not believe shall not be saved. So, how do you reconcile that? Well... Let me make a couple of points. Let me give you a parallel sentence to help you and see what you think. He that eateth and digesteth his food shall live. 
but he that does not eat his food will die. So what two things do, does a person have to do in order to live, according to that human illustration, Dave? Well, isn't, isn't that a complete different um, discussion? I mean, that's not parallel to the, to the uh, context of Mark 16, 16 that we are speaking of, is it? It's I mean, perfectly parallel. Salvation. Oh. Yeah, we're talking about salvation, and that's why I have to go to something other than, than salvation to make a parallel. The only way you can make a parallel is to go to a different subject, and it's perfectly parallel. According to that illustration, a person has to both eat their food and digest their food to live. We know that's the case. The second okay. part of the the second part of the illustration says, "He that eateth not shall die," and that's that does not mean that a person does not have to digest his food. That just really means this: if you don't eat your food, you're not going to have a chance to digest it anyway. So why would you waste your breath talking about digesting the food if the guy doesn't eat it? It's the same way in Mark sixteen sixteen. If a person doesn't believe. He's not a scriptural candidate for baptism anyway. Am I, am I right, Dave? If a person's not a believer, he can't be baptized scripturally anyway. Am I right? Um, yes. Okay, so that's just like my parallel. So why would you waste the breath to say that a person, uh, if, he, if he's not baptized, he's going to be condemned. If he's not a believer, he can't be scripturally baptized anyway. So the very first part of the verse makes it very clear. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So it takes both of those to be saved. It, a person that doesn't believe, of course he's going to be condemned. He's not going to be baptized anyway because he's not a believer. Only a believer can be scripturally baptized, so there's no reason to mention baptism in the second part of the verse. The first part of the verse tells us the answer to the caller's question. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That tells us the answer. Joy from Tennessee, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, I may have missed part of the the follow up from the other gentleman about the believing and and being baptized, and I was just wondering if I had missed and someone said I did not the part with um, the thief on the cross when Jesus said that today you'll be with me in part paradise, and then I also want to add, are you going to tell me that someone that's dying and they believe? and they're dying, and they're unable to be baptized? How do you address that issue? Okay. Let me take the second part first. Here's a person that's dying, and somebody's preaching the gospel to them, Joy, and they're about to believe. They're being The gospel's being preached to them, and they're about to believe, and they die. No, 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 no. Not that they are about to believe. That they do believe. Let's not no, I know. I'm asking... Believe. No, I, I'm going to answer that question, but I want to ask you a question first. Now, they're, they're being, the gospel's being preached to them, and they're about to believe, and they die. What, what's going to happen to them? Saved or lost? But that's not my question. I and know. You're no, asking no, I know another that. question. Yes, no, that's, that's right. A, that's okay. That's okay. My Joy, Joy, I'm sorry. Is, no, that the Holy Ghost is dealing with them. They've heard the gospel preached in prior time, and... Mm-hmm. The Spirit is drawing them to Christ. They mm-hmm. accept and believe, and they do die. I don't want to do about to believe. They do. Okay. And I'm answering your question with a question. Exactly. Just and that's, that's just that's a strategy. No, you answer my question first, please. Okay. I'll answer your question. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So it takes, according to Jesus, 
you have to believe and be baptized. So they're not going to be saved. If they die without baptism, they're not going to be saved. Now, either we can believe Jesus or we can say, no, they're going to be saved anyway. And if we do that, we're calling Jesus a liar. The person and that so, believes... So are we what, calling him a liar when he said the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise, or what does paradise mean to you? Okay, I'll, I'll respond to that, but first let's continue on with the second part question. So... This, the answer to the question, what happens if a person believes and is not bat- but dies before he's baptized, is it this, it's the same answer as the answer to the question, what happens if a person dies before they believe? Because they died before they met the conditions of Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized, so they're not going to be saved. Now, let's address the thief on the cross. Hebrews 9, 15-17 says, For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Now, Joy, my parents wrote their will in the 1970s, and they left... All the inheritance to us four boys equally. But we did not receive that inheritance until after they were both dead in 2010. Now, we're all familiar with that illustration, right? So your answer is, if they're not baptized, they're not saved. That's right. But let me finish with Hebrews 9, 15 through 17. That's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. I know all that. I've read that. You don't have to. I just wanted your answer. So you say... No, no water baptism, they're, they're not saved. That's exactly right. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And if we say a person is saved before they believe or is saved before they're baptized, then we're calling Jesus a liar. Now, the point from Hebrews 9, 15 through 17 is the writer there is talking about, he's making an analogy to our wills. Uh, the will of a person, my parents' will, did not go into effect until after the death of the testator. And so even though my three brothers and myself were in the will to receive the inheritance, we did not receive that inheritance till after they died, a good 35 years after they wrote the will. So that's what's going on in Hebrews 9, 15 through 17. He's saying the will of Jesus Christ did not go into effect until after the death of the testator, Jesus Christ. The thief was forgiven. The thief died before the New Testament Law went into effect. It's the New Testament that requires water baptism. Thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized for the same reason that Adam didn't have to be baptized, for the same reason that Moses didn't have to be baptized, for the same reason that Abraham didn't have to be baptized. They did not live under the covenant that requires baptism for salvation. The thief on the cross lived, died long before Jesus required baptism in Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believeth. And is baptized shall be saved. So the thief on the cross does is not doesn't have anything to do with whether or not today we have to be baptized to be saved because he lived under a different law. Read that for yourself in Hebrews nine fifteen through seventeen that a testament is a force after men are dead, and the thief died before the New Testament law came into effect in Acts chapter two, and that's where baptism for the remission of sins first began to be preached. Peter said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And so that's when people had to be start being baptized to get the remission of sins. The thief had long been dead before that. William from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, how you doing, Patrick? Just a hypothetical situation here. Let's say an old boy goes to church. Uh, he accepts Jesus. The pastor says, you know, let's get you baptized this next week. He walks out, gets hit by a bus. Are you saying that the Lord isn't going to take that into consideration? Here's what the Lord takes into consideration. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, William, bear with me. I'm going to ask you a question. This will help you see the answer to your question. Here's a guy. Okay. Here's, the, here's the gospel. The good old boy. Here's the gospel. Okay. He's considering accepting the gospel, considering believing, no. but he does not. No, no, no. No, no, no. He believed. William. He's not, I understand. He's not considering, not, not like the last caller. He's not considering. He believed. He walked out of the church, gets, something happens, gets hit by a car. Are you saying the Lord will not take that into consideration? Okay, William, I've already answered that question. He'll be lost. Now, I'm asking you a different question. Now, listen okay. to my question. Please listen to my question. It's not the same as yours. Here's the good old boy that hears the gospel. Okay, he's going to believe the gospel one week later, but in the meantime, he's hit by a bus and he gets killed. What's going to happen to him? Saved or lost? He's going to believe a few he days later, but he doesn't believe because he gets hit by a bus first. He's going to be saved or lost? Oh, He's going to be lost, but okay, if he believes, that, but if he believes first, that's what I'm saying. Just like your last yeah. caller was saying. Yeah. So William, I'm saying the answer to both those questions is the same thing. Jesus said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." So if he doesn't, if he gets hit by the bus, either before he believes or either before he's baptized, he hadn't met the requirements of Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believeth okay, so, and is baptized shall okay, be saved. So, so I have a question for you. Do you think that God would take that into consideration if he believed and got taken out? I'm going to ask you a question. This is a different question. Answer my question, please. please I've already, answer already, my question. My answer to your question is he'll be lost. He didn't get baptized. Okay, now let me ask you my, my question. Do you think God will take it into consideration if he gets hit by a bus before he believes? He's going to believe, but he doesn't and he gets hit by a bus, do you think God will take that into consideration? You're turning around the question. Yeah, I'm doing that on purpose. I'm asking a different question on purpose. So I want you to answer okay. my question because the answer to both questions is the same. Now, William, will, sure. God take that, will God take that into consideration, the fact that he is hit by a bus one day before he's going to believe the gospel? Will God take that into consideration and save him anyway? No. Okay, there, that's the answer to your question. If is he going to be saved if he gets hit by a bus one days before one days before he's baptized? No, he's not going to be saved because Jesus said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." Dennis, we're about to have to go off the air. Go ahead and ask your question as quick as you can. Dennis from California. Uh, when the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, uh, "John baptized you with water." And I baptize you with now. I baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So how does that play into it? Well, that's in I think in Matthew chapter three verse eleven. Okay, and so what we're saying is that 
Mark 16, 16 and Acts 2, 38 and Acts 22, 16 and 1 Peter 3, 21 are talking about water baptism. And those passages require baptism to be saved, a person to be saved. And they're talking about water baptism. Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38, Acts 22, 16 and 1 Peter 3, 21. Go check that yourself in your own Bible, Dennis, and see if those are not talking about water baptism. Yeah, I read it, and I also know that uh, you've commented that uh, so you're calling Jesus a liar. So if if he's saying that you know you need to be water baptized to, to be saved, and so are we calling Jesus a liar when he said that uh, John? Yes, we're calling Jesus a liar if we say that somebody's going to be saved. In today's dispensation, if he's not baptized, because Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you say that a person doesn't have to do what Jesus said to do to be saved, then you're calling Jesus a liar. I don't understand why. That's not easy to see. Everybody go to my website, BibleCrossFire.com. There you can click on a button to send me an email. We can talk about this all week long to your heart's content.